Hello, and welcome to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Chris Lavender, and with me is my fellow host, Keith McLeod. Today in Alive or Just Blethering, I'd like to talk about Dear Love, A Beautiful Discord by The Devil Wears Prada. Jigga 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 jam. Ah, the highlight, the highlight of this album is the synth. The synth stabs, or Stab. whatever, it, or whatever it was. Love it. Oh, this album was a throwback, to say the least. Indeed. It- Indeed, it, well, it wasn't a throwback for me. Well, no, sorry, it was a throwback for me. You're right, it was, it was a throwback. We'll we'll get into where I found Devil Wears Prada. It wasn't on this album, but no, it definitely was reminiscent of something I experienced. <laughs> well, thank you very much for tuning in. We are alive and just blethering. Please do reach out on the socials at AOGB Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and send us an email, aogb.podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, this week, I have picked a, a doozy. A, a doozy. <laughs> a doozy is, is one way of putting it. It's certainly going to be controversial. Now, the last few episodes we've had, excluding the Slipknot episode, I think I've come to the conclusion that I keep picking the wrong album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked the wrong album because the next one was better, or the previous one was better. Uh-huh. You know, so uh, history repeats. With this one, I'm about two albums out. <laughs> about yeah, no, you are about two albums out. I also was ready to open up this podcast and be like, "Look, double, double Ohio bands." Until oh, I realised yeah. I. I just confused. That's not where Slipknot are from. That's not where Slipknot are from. I just confused Ohio and Iowa. I mean, it's only four letters. I, I can't blame you. Apologies to our American listeners. We don't learn the 51 states in school. We learn about other countries. <laughs> <laughs> God. Right. So, Devil Wears Prada. You know, the, the epitome of skinny jeans, deep Vs. Low guitars, big fringes. Jet black dyed hair, studded belts. In fact, studded layered belts. Just kids that are about 10 to 15 kilos too light. Oh, A word God. that I've not heard mentioned, actually, in the in this whole like TikTok, alt-TikTok rebirth. And I might be wrong there. Scene. Oh, yeah. Scene band. Oh yeah, God, that 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 word carries weight and meaning to those who lived it. The scene, a scene, scene. I kids. was there. Oh yeah, yeah. See, yep, scene kids, scene band. God, these guys are so seen that I can't even see them anymore. That they are to be unseen. Mm, very much so. They had all the all of it. They had the growls, the screeches, the high pitch synths. God, that was so accurate. That, that, tonally, that was perfect. Loved it. Like, honestly, it was, this album is not good. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to... Oh, 
Yeah. Okay, let's get on to it. It's got some production issues, some writing issues. At the at the core of it though was what six is there are there a six there are six piece, aren't they? I'm sure there are six pieces. Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. there are six pieces. At the core of it, I hope, at least, are six friends who got some money together, managed to get Joey Sturgis when he was in his in his early days, got into a recording studio, and I imagine they had the most fun. One thing you've not mentioned yet that we have mentioned before, Crabcore. This was These a precursor guys, to Crabcore, I think. Uh, but there's the, the, well, precursor to the establishment or not, they're there, right? They're you're 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 practically trying to sumo deadlift. Oh, yeah. Without the guitar, trying to do this, you know, your legs are as wide as possible, and like you're just trying to like teabag nothing, <laughs> like it is crabcore, <laughs> teabagging the stage, man. Core. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they fall into that category by by a long shot. They have the sound, the 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 sense. I mean, if you could say attack, attack, they probably they really put crabcore on the map with stick stickly. That video is you know baked into the zeitgeist of of scene and and everything and that was sort of the peak mm-hmm. but i always think the devil wears prada was was a good three or four years before that time and really set the stage for what was the that early that wave in 2010 onwards for bands like pace the veil asking alexandria miss may i oh yeah big time and and really set the the tone for for what was to come. And I, I think these guys were possibly, dare I say it, ahead of their time. This album came out in two thousand six, right? Yeah, they do on the wiki. They do list still remains as an influence on the Plagues album. I can see that Plagues is a much better album than Dear Love a Beautiful Discord. Oh, so much so. If I, oh, and I didn't, I didn't quite get it out there. But what I want to firmly establish is, dear love, colon a beautiful Discord is an absolute hot mess. It is a steaming pile of hot mess. You know, as 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 we are alluding to here with with whatever this is, I, I want to put it straight out there and say, I had fun with this album. I did have a lot of fun with it. I I laughed way more than I should have. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, this isn't a comedy piece. We're not listening to Weird Al or The Lonely Island. You know, these are these are guys that are releasing their first album. They're doing absolute guttural vocals and screams and synths and beatdowns and double k there's riffage we've not said riffage in a while we've not referred to to riffage there is riffage for days on this album but as we opened you know the the episode with (laughs) just (laughs) just honestly i was i was going about my day trying to listen to this album and i just burst out laughing like it's just so funny so that if, if for those who haven't listened to the album in a while and who maybe are going to go back and listen to it that that is a a recreation from the song dogs can grow beards all over 
which has a very funny synth part. There were some moments on the album that I, I liked. The song Swords, Dragons and Diet Coke. The song titles are utter fucking garbage. I'm just going to put that out there. Well, the the song titles are an absolute symptom of 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 the scene, you know, of the cause of of where these guys found their feet, and I had I was not aware of these song names, to be brutally honest. So yeah, we'll we'll get in there. We'll get into that. So the one the band there was a the the closest that a British band came. There was a band from two thousand and five called Penknife Love Life. Oh. God. And they, they, to me, had the epitome of really long album names with pretty long song titles. So they had an album called There Is Nothing More Romantic Than Watching the World Die. Boo. And <laughs> they, had, they had song titles like Just Enough Newspaper Cutouts Left To Know Who This Is About. Touch Me Again And I Will Stab A Screwdriver Into Your Face. To be fair... My emo, my my first band, an emo screamo band, we had songs like "She Broke My Heart, So I Broke Her Skateboard," you know, um, casually dressed in deep and Kira Knightley probably would have gone down well these days, but you know that was the uh, that was we were without me even knowing it, we were you know we were replicating these band names without me even knowing it. So like that that's what that's what I mean when I refer to scene like these guys. That was the scene. That was the thing to do. Come up with borderline comical song names. Yeah. But you you bled over these songs. You do you know what I mean? Like you you cried and yeah, like I wrestled a bear once. We've spoken about them before. Like what an absolute fucking weird title name. But they were absolutely level with these guys in sort of song names and stuff like that because that was the scene. It was, and they they appealed to that, and maybe it helped them get noticed. Maybe it helped them get seen. Well, to me, I spotted them on MySpace. They they were to me in a in a place. This was two thousand six. This was peak MySpace. I think MySpace was the go to social network at this time. Facebook was barely off the ground, and in fact, did it even did it even exist at this stage? I think it was. I think that's when he was. The robot was at university. It was founded. Facebook was founded in two thousand and four, but it didn't get right, public so access until two thousand and six. So it was fledgling. Absolutely. So you've got people. If you were on Facebook at this point, you were a college student in a select number of colleges in America. So very few people had it. So it was MySpace. That was what. Friends talked on. That's how I met people. That was how I discovered new music. This was. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for MySpace. I would, yeah, I would say they were that. It was that important, and I, I think, it's something that I feel that the new scene kids today that are coming through with the the imitation. That's all it is. It's it's imitating what what was done. But that's not to say we were doing anything outrageous or, or new either we were simply imitating the previous subcultures that existed but we were doing it we were one of the first to have it online i think probably the first to have it online because let's face it the internet in the 90s was text pages mm-hmm. we weren't streaming mp3s and you know videos in 240 
we were uh, to, to be fair we, we were probably the the internet kids for the first time so whether or not this emulates music previously i don't really think it does but yeah i, th- I think i think we can you know 30 some things we can confidently say yeah we did all this first on the internet and you needed songs so you could put a song on your myspace page and if you had a song that was called Swords, Dragons and Diet Coke, Who Speaks Spanish, Colon Casadilla, you're going to notice that song. You're going to see that song title. You're going to hear the first few notes. And if you're into that music, you go, you're clicking on someone's profile picture because they they look like your type of person. They've got a picture which is the high angle, massive fringe, all these bits that you're clicking on that image to click on that profile and you're greeted with dogs can grow beards all over. You're going to notice yep. it. Yeah. It was an attention grabber. And that's where I'd, I discovered this band through that song. They had a, a video for it. I think it was like a live style video, if I remember rightly, that was just getting shared around. Rise Records were a pretty well-known sort of label at the time, I believe. They had several sort of hardcore bands on there. Uh, back in the day, you had, I suppose, I'm trying to think of who I would have listened to on Rise Records back then. Nowadays, you've got the likes of like AFI and Spirit Box. They're on Rise Records. Yeah. But then, so you, so you go and listen to the album, and because you like that kind of music, you don't really question if it's well-recorded or if it's trash or stupid, well, you, you, or maybe you do, but maybe you like it because of that. You, you make it a thing. don't know shit at that time, to be fair. Like, w- with all due respect, in 2007, I wasn't, you know, mastering university of, you know, doing music production or or, or anything of the, of the like. So you're right, to a certain extent, you liked what you heard and, and that was enough don't get me wrong unless it was absolute dog shit but yeah you're not you weren't really critical at that age were you and just to comment on you know cat name cat catchy names for for myspace etc on the 2007 album plagues html rules dude <laughs> you know very I mean? famous track and that's exactly where i did sort of learn html on MySpace. Yeah, you learned CSS, you injected that CSS and made your page your own. Yeah, we're, we're talking about streaming songs. Get that iframe, get that embedded player. There you go. It's amazing how how far we've come. And I was actually quite surprised when I saw the release date of Plagues, how it was within a year of Dear Love, A Beautiful Discord. Well, from what I've read, Dear Love was their demo dear love was the demo they sent out to to record labels yep but when they were signed i think they were initially signed to rise they originally had a a demo called patterns of a horizon yep which they they, they, essentially re-recorded into what became this album yeah exactly so they had it written and i think by the time with touring dear love by the time it came around or came to the end of that they had written plagues essentially on tour and there you go you have album two within a year 
Yeah, and Plagues was a step up in every direction. Better songwriting, better recording, better production, better production the lot, and it's and it's a much better album, and and it probably it was probably helpful how quick it came round because I probably didn't hear them. I didn't hear Devil Wears Prada on the twenty second of August two thousand six. I probably heard them maybe a few months later, but then within six or seven months to then get a follow up album, which is. 10 times better in all regards with all due respect yeah yeah they've they've they've, they've started to learn their craft more they they know what they want out of the studio it's their second album with that producer sturgis sturgis joey sturgis yeah joey sturgis so yeah no no surprise it's it, it, it sounds better i mean that's it's not an accident it's intentional it could have been an absolute binfire again but that nah, this plagues I agree is is a better album. Where did you hear them first? I think don't know. Okay. Dead Throne. Dead Throne was when I found this band. Oh wow. Yeah, so not much later or sorry, much later 2011. So I missed everything before Dead Throne. And that includes the Hallowed Zombie EP. Oh. We'll talk about that for sure. We absolutely will. I knew of the band. It's hard to not know of the band, especially with the film that followed shortly after their release. And I was just aware of the band, but for whatever reason, I didn't get into them until I heard Dead Throne. And I don't know why. I can't quite remember. Potentially due to track 11, Constance, that features What's-His-Face from As I Lay Dying. I want oh. to say Phil, Phil Anselmo, but it's not. Tim. Tim, Tim Lambesis. Tim Lambesis. Maybe because of him, because I was definitely listening to As I Lay Dying around about this time. But for whatever it was, or I, could, I remember a video, I remember a very distinct video for the album. So it could have just been that. It could have just been Scuzz or, or, or something. Because Dead Throne is fucking heavy. It's the only album well, it's not their only album but it was their first album uh without joey sturgis i think right. i could be Did wrong he... yes i don't I... think he's on roots he is uh, joey sturgis was was definitely roots that's one of his better ones yeah dead thrones adam d there you go probably a connection pro something up you know there there's a perfect storm here that i would have known dead throne mm-hmm. because you've got tim Lambrini, whatever the fuck his name is. You've got... <laughs> you've got... Is, is this on Roadrunner as well? It is. Yes, it is on Roadrunner. So it's it's got a big label picking up. It was shared between Ferret and Roadrunner. Yep. You've got Adam D Pro- producing. Yep. You've got your so... Tim Lamborghini on... Tim Lamborghini. So, yeah, it, it makes absolute sense that I, I would have heard this album... And strangely enough, I went back to I went back to With Roots Above and Branches Below, but I didn't do the EPs or anything like that. I didn't I didn't know anything. I don't I don't remember speaking to anyone at the time and thinking, Oh yeah, you gotta listen to this or you gotta listen to that. I don't I personally didn't know many Devil Wars Prada fans at the time. So I just went for the albums, 
I didn't bother with the EPs. I don't think Spotify was a thing for for me at this time, so I wouldn't have had that exposure. Yeah. And and yeah, I was on them from Dead Throne. Went back to Roots. Didn't go, but didn't bother going back any further. And I've been with the band ever since. Eventually discovering Zombie, fucking absolutely fell in love with Space. Can't blame you because Space came out before Transit Blues, and yeah, been been a pretty big fan ever since they're actually they're playing in october now you know why october is a relevant date to me october yeah mate october yeah that's gonna be a tough one for you mate that's uh it's your call i just can't do it i just don't think i can do it i just don't think i can do it i'm not gonna i I feel i'm gonna need to be required elsewhere i feel like i'm gonna need to be required very likely very likely (laughs) i remember hearing dead throne and i was actually a bit, dare I say, disappointed with Dead Throne after hearing... I hadn't heard Zombie at this stage. I didn't hear Zombie till much, much later. With Roots Above and Branches Below, I really enjoyed, but it was a guilty pleasure for me at the time. Because the music that I was listening to more commonly was not this. It was not metalcore. I was listening post-hardcore i was listening to bands that were much brasher harsher just straight up hardcore bands and listening to metalcore like this it had that i had a negative connotation that this was how to put it kids music i'd i wanted to appear more more grown up I've gr- I've outgrown that style of music, Mom. I'm into I'm into real music now, and on reflection, I think I was a bit of a dick move from my side, to be honest. It's a bit ironic that that's your or that's your current thinking because I think Dead Throne is their attempt to be more mature. It is their their step up. You know, it's not the bloody Dungeons and Dragons and cans of Dr Pepper anymore. It's it's a very mature album and a very they've dropped the stupid names and it's a very more mature sound so that's that's ironic that you've sort of cut your nose off to spite your face maybe it may well be i just saw the band name and never gave it the chance that it deserved i've got another theory as to why dead throne also appealed to me at the time it did it was the architects album i wanted oh because 2011 was the here and now. So I got onto Architects two years prior via Hollow Crown. Not afraid to admit it. We'll talk about it in depth when we do them. But I found Architects on Hollow Crown. 2011, they released the here and now. An album where a lot of people dropped off, like yourself. Correct. Dead Throne is absolutely a Hollow Crown-esque album. You know what? I've never, ever lined the dates up. But yes. I've- yeah, I've just done it just now. That that makes a lot of sense if that's what you were looking for. Because Architects yep. didn't, personally, I'm, I won't speak for everyone, but I, I feel the here and now was a departure for Architects. And when you're looking for that missing piece, I could see this fitting in quite, quite well. I reckon. So I went back to the here and now. I have an appreciation for the here and now. But I do remember thinking at the time, this isn't Hollow Crown. This isn't this isn't the sort of 
the weightiness that I wanted. But Dead Throne absolutely had that for me. And then, so considering Dead Throne is where I found the band, and we've sort of said, look, Dear Love's a fucking bit of a hot mess, Plagues is ten times better, With Roots above and Branches below is sort of where they find themselves. Yeah. Imagine me going back to Dear Love and thinking, where the fuck is Mike? <laughs> like, where is Mike uh, Ranica? Because his vocal, I think, I think it's with Roots that he sort of finds his vocal style. When I first heard Dead Throne, I was like, these guys have got to have, tell me they've got two vocalists. There's no way one guy is doing those highs and those lows, like, in, in a verse. And yeah. I was absolutely gobsmacked to find out it was one vocalist. I, so I've by this point, we're now in in twenty eleven. I've 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 admitted, I've written off, Devil Wears Prada. I did not hear the Zombie EP. It wasn't until twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, where a friend at the time said, I th- I think Devil Wears Prada was came up in conversation. We were just talking music. And I'd mentioned how I'd given up. I didn't quite get Dead Throne. And he was like, dude, did you listen to the Zombie EP? And by this point, 2013, Spotify exists. Yeah. So I was like, let's give it a whirl. Holy shit. Yeah. I'd outgrown my dumbass 20, 2010 phase of... Right I'm too off. old for this now. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm these, bullshit. This is this is a kid scene. I'm on an adult scene now. Yeah, by 2013, I'd, I'd got over myself and was quite comfortable listening to what yeah, I would. That's, that's what you bloody think, mate. That's what you think. <laughs> what I would <laughs> categorize as a definitive metalcore sound. Oh God, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I've had conversations with people where it's just all about the zombie EP. That is the definition in an absolute tiny package. Like, good things come in small packages. That is the best thing. 20 minutes. You've just got it. It's all in there. Every single element is in that. Love it. I love an EP as well. I'm a total sucker for an EP. Not just an EP, but a concept EP. Massive fan. Love that shit. Right, so I wasn't. Like, I, like, and I think that's probably why I skipped it initially. Like, oh, EP, fuck that. I'll go for the albums. Why are they doing EPs? And, and bear in mind, I hadn't heard Zombie by this point. And then I heard Space. The Space EP. Now, we've had a bit of a conversation online about this. We have. And I'm. In, in the private chats. I've, I've had a, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a difficult relationship with the Space EP. That's nowhere near it. I've just always compared it to Zombie and just never been impressed. Today, and I mean literally today, I listened to Space probably for the first time in a long time, and I dug it. I was like, "This is this is good." It's it's not Zombie. I'm not. I don't want to compare it to Zombie. It's two different producers. They're, these these are EPs made five years apart, practically with a different band by the looks of things. Looking at the lineup change as well, there's a 2012 is where things start to change for the lineup. Yeah, and 
I think it's it it shows that when you get those changes, I must admit, not a big change. This isn't a Norma Jean esque five out of you know four out of five leave, and then a year later another one leaves. We've not got a triggers broom here. We've just got one or two members left one year, another couple of members swapped around the year after. But relatively speaking, looking at the the if you do do happen to to stumble across their wiki page at the top in the in the box there past members they only list four members mm-hmm. you compare that with dance gavin dance ooh oh god well if, if you're going to if you're going to talk about Ga- dance gavin dance we obviously need to address some stuff that came to light about that very band. recently yes that was. About a member of that band a few weeks ago i sort of been playing on my mind actually i'm glad you did say that because it has been playing on my mind that we have mentioned dance gavin dance but we didn't mention the shit that tillian's been brought out for yeah it's a, it's a sorry state of affairs when musicians need to assert their dominance in such a way so if you're not aware uh, dance gavin dance post hardcore band we've mentioned them before i <laughs> you know this and this is the conflict i'm in Am I a fan of this band now? I don't know. They have had an absolutely sordid past. They've always had a scream vocalist and a clean vocalist. Their first clean vocalist, Johnny Craig, got caught scamming fans on eBay. He was trying to sell them MacBook Pros when he was a drug addict. Like, that was it. He he, It was the scam. He's like, hey, I'm Johnny Craig. Buy a laptop off me. You know, just stole the money. Then, you know, and that, that, that was a really... That was a really difficult time for the band. John Mess, the, the scream vocalist, left. They brought in a new clean vocalist, Will Swan, who is like the, the anchor of the band, did scream vocals and stuff like that. The albums changed quite frequently. They then, John Mess comes back. They then have this new vocalist, circa I think it's 2015, Tillian Pearson, is an existing vocalist from a different band, blah, blah, blah. Cut to a couple of weeks ago. Turns out Tillian's an absolute piece of shit. Let's not forget that the band did go through a tragedy just two or three months earlier with a bassist passed away suddenly. Yeah, absolutely. Their their, their bass player had had passed away recently as well. I'll just repeat what you said, lad. Thanks. So, yeah, then the stuff about Tilling comes on. It's it's people coming forward on, on Reddit, putting stories out there. Not just stories, truths. You know, they've mm. got evidence, they've got screenshots, they've got blah, 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 blah etc. So, I just don't know. They were too detailed. They were, they were exceptionally detailed accounts and they were absolutely harrowing reads to, yeah. to anyone, yeah, to anyone no who's reading there. that. It's, it's, it was real shocking stuff. This wasn't... Th- there was no hearsay. There was no... Like, this didn't happen. You know, these, these people weren't looking yeah. for fame or anything. They, Yeah. Tillian has stepped away from the band to seek professional help the band have i can't remember specifically if they've apologized they've just for announced him. a tour today where the singer from veil vale of maya oh really is so, joining them on a tour the very specifically yeah. for this tour you know they've, they've just they've, their, their baseball had just passed away they had they were about to launch a, a new album like it was really weird i'm reading the fucking the stuff on Reddit about Tillian while going to Instagram and seeing Dance Gavin Dance ads. Anyway, this is dragging on a bit. 
turns out Tillian has been an absolute piece of shit towards women and fans. We're talking sexual assault, rape. Yeah. Just real fucking nasty shit. And and I can't... I've I seen a lot... Of, and I was I struggled with this. And I've seen a lot of people on Reddit saying like, look, at the end of the day, the band are are, are more than individual parts. They, they are the sum of their parts. And there's the other guys that have put the time and work into this band. And, and they make the music. And it's not just about him. But I'm like, there's there's only so much... I already don't listen to like several albums, like two two albums, two three albums, because of the fucking Johnny Craig stuff. Mm. Now the majority of the back catalogue has a fucking sex offender. Well, not he's not a sex offender. I don't know, just whatever you would call him on most of the vocals. A and sex I pest. Fucking sex pest. Piece of shit. Piece like of shit. I have loved that music. And I'm sorry to the other members of the band, but it's tainted. There's a reason people don't listen to Lost Profits anymore. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know where I stand with the band now. I'm probably just going to let it die. <laughs> it being my fandom of the band. And that really sucks, but so does what the previous members have done to their fan base. Yeah. And, you know, kind of bringing it back round to Devil Wears Prada, it's always kind of been on my mind that they've relatively stable is is how i would describe a band that's been together since 2005 you know we're now 2022 you're talking what 15 6 6 my math is my math fails me 17 years and in 17 years two original members now though well there are only two original members those seem to have been over long periods. They've not chopped and changed. There's not been like a dramatic shift from one album to the next. It's it's gradual. And it's yeah. made me be able to enjoy the band. First and foremost, because none of them are sex offenders or sex pests, but also because they've kept, they've kind of stuck to the, their, their roots in a way. I can yeah, hear... So, you know, songs from the most latest EP, the Zombie 2 EP, and... Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. So and I can trace good. that back to, to the earlier stuff. Maybe not quite Dear Love, but certainly from Plagues, and definitely, you know, I love the fact that they made a two-part EP. That's like... Mm, love it when a band follows up on a concept album with a follow-up concept album of the same vein. Love it. That is just great. Between the Bird and Me, do it with Colours. Got Colours too now. Great little exercise. And I like it because it didn't happen straight afterwards. I always have a suspicion when someone does a part two straight after it, that's like, oh, these are the leftovers. But for there to have been a gap of 11 years between the two albums makes me confident that these were songs that were written in two very different sessions and two very different modes, yet they've both knocked out of the park. Well, I think that's kind of what I'm thinking here by what you're saying is, are you saying, you're not saying that they were written with with two parts in mind. Like, in 2015, they wrote the Zombie EP, and in 2021, they've came back and they've decided to write the Zombie EP, Zombie 2 EP they weren't designed as two albums or two pieces or 
you know, two EPs, it's we established this first EP and now we've had some ideas, we've had some thoughts, we've decided to come back and we've done Zombie 2. Is that what you're saying? Or do you think yeah. they were both written as two parts? I, I think they were they were written independently to the to the point where I mean the, the 12, 12 year eleven year difference, 2010, 2021. They have made strides as a band in in the last eleven years that they've developed from that sound. Because if, if if you think about it, if you listen to from Roots and into Zombie, those two sound relatively similar in sonically and production wise. Same producer helps, of course, and they were written a year apart or released a year apart at least. They've then released Dead Throne, Transit Blues, 818, The Act, The Space EP. You know, there's a whole catalogue in itself in the last 10 years. Their songwriting has grown. Their abilities as musicians has constantly grown. And then to then go back in the studio and then consciously write part two to go yeah let's let's make let's do let's capture that lightning in a bottle and they did it nora is one of my favorite songs i can only agree with you it's love it it's bloody amazing but before we get too much into zombie 2 we were talking about space space so sorry space so space is great my issue with space is not the song writing or the performance, I don't think. There's something in the production that it just doesn't, it just lacks something. And I, and I was using a lot of puns when we were messaging each other earlier. You know, compared to the zombie EP, it lacks bite. <laughs> and it doesn't, it's, it's missing, hmm, I don't know, teeth. There's something it just doesn't grab me with the space EP that the zombie one does. And it's, you know, if I'll gravitate towards zombie. Meanwhile, today I, I went out of my way to listen to space and I enjoyed it. It's an enjoyable, fun, really good album, to uh, EP, sorry, to listen to. It's a great 20 minutes, but it, it just doesn't capture me the same way that's, that zombie does. I think I kind of patted myself in the back when I had said to you, because often when I have spoken to people about Zombie EP or especially around about the time when Space came out and I was trying to say to people, listen to Space, this is amazing. They were like, but is it Zombie? And I'm like, fucking fuck Zombie, man, <laughs> right? Let's just park Zombie for a minute. It's okay. Take that back. Zombie's amazing and I love it. But let's just park it for a minute and appreciate Space for what it is. And it helps that you were using the puns because... Zombie EP is about a zombie outbreak, right? It's chainsaws, it's chainsaws and headshots, right? Oh my god, they're everywhere. Love it. Vroom, vroom, jim Do you know what? Sometimes I just want to go somewhere and play the zombie EP and see what happens. You ever walk, th- yeah, walk like, into like a nightclub or a pub or something and just put it yeah, on a jukebox. Or, or yeah, like go to your bloody McDonald's or something like that and just like... Let's just see how people actually react to this. Anyway, let's just park zombie for a second. Okay. It's about zombies. And let's take space. Space is about an astronaut that gets 
like jettisoned off into space. She, 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 important, I think it's important to acknowledge, she goes on a mission, it goes wrong, and she's just floating about space, probably meets some aliens, whatever. You know, you and I fucking get existential about mountains. Imagine floating <laughs> through a fucking nebula. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that would blow so, my mind. So, they're, they're supposed to be different. Space is not supposed to have the bite, in your own pun, that zombie does. And I think when you remove that, when you, t- when, you, when you stop the comparison and you just see space for what it is, I think it's fucking great. And like I say, it was the first EP I really heard. I, I heard space and then I went back to zombie. And I probably just sheer nostalgia and, you know, I found space first and that's where I sort of sowed my oats with the band, as it were. <laughs> and maybe that's why I prefer it. I think I do prefer it over zombie. There's nothing against zombie. Zombie's amazing. But if you're like, I think generally speaking, seven, eight times out of ten, I'm probably going to want to put on space because it's just chill. Yeah, I'll give it that. It's just chill. It's got riffs. It's got like samples and stuff like that. Like there's a total vibe. Like I feel like I'm in space when I'm listening to it as opposed to running for my life like from from zombie. (laughs) And Zombie 2. Although, I think Zombie 2 is also maybe a bit more chill. Like I say, Nora. Oh my god. I just Nora just wants, just has this build-up throughout the entire song and when it just fucking goes, man. It fucking goes. Um, uh, yeah, so Space is one that I will, will say is, is, a, is a great release. It's, it's just really smooth. If the the guitars are buttery smooth. All right, don't know if I agree, but okay. It just it feels really, it's probably really well recorded, but it it just has something. There's a crunch that's not quite there. It's very it is very grown up. It is very sensible, and and I agree with chill. It's something you can just put on. Walking to work, in the kitchen, on the bus, driving somewhere. You're not going to go off it, you know. Just singing along. There was one survivor without anyone. Yeah, it's there a good go. one. There's a little bit of falsetto for you. <laughs> yeah, so much so again that Discord cut out. <laughs> <laughs> the um, well, finally you should say that that it's polished. It's produced by Dan Corneff. Seriously, K O R. Now he went on to then do. Transit Blues. Before that, he also did a little bit of Breaking Benjamin. He's done Paramore Riot. He's done My Chemical Romance. The Black Parade is dead. Just watch, watch what his things. So I did have a look through this earlier. Some some things were. So he, he was a mixer on on like a Chiodos track. Um, no oh boy. He, yeah. There's a band that we we probably need to talk about. Um, he's a day to remember what separates me from you. That's a fucking squeaky clean record. So he's he's got some he's got some chops, and space was the last one that he worked. No, it wasn't the last one. He he then worked on the next one, Transit Blues, which I think is one of the Devil Wears Prada's safest albums. I don't really care for it if I'm being honest. And I get that. 
I don't. Did he work on Transit Blues? I don't think he's on Transit Blues. He's on eight. No, he's he produced eighteen. It. He produced Transit Blues. All right, Wikipedia is incomplete. It, it says Dan Dan Corniff on this Wikipedia that I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm looking at his Wikipedia. Ah, right. yes. Interestingly, this is the first album that had uh, Giuseppe on drums. Uh, he'd been a session drummer for them for some time, and he was in a band that was it was bands that I had listened to back when I first heard The Devil Wears Prada back in 2006, 2008. Haste the mm-hmm. Day, Once Nothing. I've got I've got their albums lying around. Once Nothing, they've probably got a very similar to sound sound to Devil Devil Wears Prada. Haste the Day were a little more probably post, I'd say more more post hardcore than metalcore. Uh could be wrong there. I've not listened to them in a very, very long time. I think I'd probably put them more as more into the screamo. Possibly, yeah. Genres. But it was really the when so again that's there's an album I've probably walked away a little bit from and then they came up with the act in twenty nineteen, which that's got songs like Chemical on it, um, which I think's absolutely beautiful. Like totally belting that one out for days. And what was that one? Uh, Sour Breath. Yeah, the single I, I suggested. That was just a standalone single, wasn't it? Yeah, just a cover. That was lovely. If you're talking about Sour Breath, if you're talking about Chemical, on the act track five, listen to Please Say No. That's heart-wrenching. It's fucking devastating, that song. Like, it's brutal. I think, from what you're saying about Transit Blues, I get it. It's a... it's Tonally, it's a shift. They still will drop some, like, heavy riffs. Mike will still do some pretty awesome screams. Again, one of my favourite vocalists. Yep. But it's... Tonally, it's... For for lack of a better word, you could say it's a bit of a softer shift. It's from Transit Blues that you then get the cop the the, the cover of Sour Breath. It goes into the act, you know, and their new stuff. Their new stuff at the moment. Every song they've released, well, with the exception of Zombie Two, everything they've released: Watchtower, Salt, Sacrifice, fucking all on that genre of like softer songs. Yeah. And I think they're all awesome. I, I am so looking forward to the new album because I think the new stuff they've released has been amazing. But yeah, Transit Transit Blues has Transit Blues has a song that reminds me of Limp Biscuit, right? It's, <laughs> That's, it's track right, then, three. That was not unexpected. No one expects a Spanish Inquisition. Go on. The the sort of the verse of the song is just them going round the places they've played. I'm pretty sure they say Glasgow. And there's, you know, they, they, they want to be on tour, they want to get lost in Tokyo, they want to blah, blah, blah. And it just reminds me of, like, whatever song is on the end of Significant Other, where, like, Fred's just, like, rattling off all the places I've played as well. That always just made me laugh. But, yeah. No, I, I like it. The Key of Evergreen is pretty great as well, I think. To the Key of Evergreen. Yeah, there's been some been some developments with the band like to then go from that to the act the act was more what i wanted in a in in insofar as i don't think there's a massive shift 
on tra- from Transit Blues to the act. I think the two of them are comparable, but I think I'd I'd softened myself up to that. And when the act came out, I was more prepared for it. Whereas when Transit Blues hit, I was a little bit like, "Oh, that's that's a departure. I need to I need to digest that." Whereas the act, I've now had that chance to digest, and it, it didn't need to grow on me as much. I think that's what I mean. I think that's the point I was trying to get to. Sorry if I got lost in Limp Biscuit. It's we've all been there. That's it. Transit Blues was was a, a maybe a bigger step. But the act is more of a conscious, or feels more of a, of a of a conscious step from Transit Blues, whereas say Dead Throne to Transit Blues. Although there's eight eighteen in the middle of that, eight eighteen I don't have a particularly fond memory of. I think it was a bit of a a drop for me, and I understand that's where founding guitarist Chris Ruby left. So a friend of mine who I do talk regularly to about Devil Wears Prada, he was like, oh, Chris Ruby's gone. The band's going to go to shit. He's like one of their main songwriters. But he was on 818. Transit Blues was the first album mm. about him. So you're a bit like, uh, have they have they lost it? Have they lost it? You know, has, has Chris sort of taken a lot away from them? Nah. Nah. Because they're still doing Zombie 2. They're still doing the act. They've all their new stuff. And they've got a new album coming out this year. Yeah, it's pre-order now. The vinyl looks sick. What's it, what's it called again? Is it uh, uh, Colour Decay? Uh, so I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I do like listening to the singles as they come out, but really, it's once the album drops that it's, that you can. I think you can really take it away. Bands that have that that's led me to one that we've talked about briefly, mm-hmm. or yeah, Sleeper. Okay. And I remember you having a concern with this, and it's a concern that is shared with Devil Wears Prada, but you don't seem you seem okay to look past it for Devil Wears Prada, but not with All Sleeper. And it was the the religious element. I went through a MySpace phase of perpetually finding Christian metal bands. I don't know why. Uh, whether there's an algorithm there or something, I don't know if if, if MySpace was particularly working off of algorithms. But I've I had a habit of finding Christian metal bands. Now I don't think it's any secret on the pod. I am not particularly pro religion. I think we we talked about I, it. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. During POD, you know, you, you got pretty deep down and personal with mm-hmm. uh, with your yeah, experience yeah. with the band and, and your experience with religion. And yeah, I'll never take. I never want to take away anyone's right to believe in a religion. If you want to be religious and believe in a religion, that is 100% your right as a human being to do so. However, I think it's all bollocks and it needs to be in the history books. And you know what? I went through my phase as a as a as a young 16-year-old looking for myself, find, trying to find find myself and came out the other side realizing that it wasn't a, for you. It wasn't for me. I, I won't. I won't try to disparage it too much. However, in light of recent news in 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 America, with the 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 decision to abolish women's rights effectively, yeah. 
Yeah, a gun has more. One of my favorite tweets so far has been, "A gun has more rights than a woman in America." That's mental. A baby in not even a baby, a fetus, has more rights than a woman. And then when you get people like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, like deadpan, saying that babies, she calls them babies in the womb. A fetus in the womb will be as safe as a child in a classroom. <laughs> it's like, did, did you like, did she did she not think that one through yeah. in the slightest well, like with what's been going on in america these just these like i mean I, I was gonna say in these last few months for the last few decades there's just been school shootings and the need to to really address a, a serious problem and let's what they'll do instead is they'll just take away more rights and people are worried about them taking away the rights of guns fair enough if if you want to protect your your amendment your, your the second amendment your constitutional rights you had a constitutional right in in name by having a decision that was made in the 70s by the supreme court and you've decided that yeah you know what fuck it we, we we're gonna say that it was it was flimsy and we're gonna throw it out and we're just gonna leave it back to the states instantly overruling all these laws just wait till they decide to repeal other rulings that allow you know gay marriage to to exist on a countrywide on a, on a federal level that's the word i was looking for or the the chance for for people of color to be able to go to the same schools or ride on the same bus all this is protected under the 14th amendment and it ultimately just shows that that Fourteenth Amendment is is a bonfire that people that people with the wrong mindset, in my opinion, are willing to just set alight. So the reason we've really came onto this is because it's it's quite clear that those with a religious tendency are the ones that have backed or or who are against abortion. You know, for whatever reason, yeah. God says abortion is wrong i'll tell you why god says abortion is wrong it's because the more babies you raise in that religion the bigger that religion becomes it's not fucking rocket science here people so there's a band there's a band that we're going to talk about one day hopefully very soon but they were also a christian metal band and they were they're they're called under oath Mm -hmm. now they had an exceptionally pro-life song Uh-oh. back back in the day, and it's like cringe to listen to now, but it is it is literally it's a pro-life song, and it it makes me question the other lyrics that I listen to. So listening, it's probably why I, I kind of dig the Zombie EP and the, maybe the Space EP more than the other albums is because they've got a concept which is sort of out with religion, whereas songs that about this episode on Deal of a Beautiful Discord, we do get songs like Salvation that sort of lean into that yeah. Christian ethic. What, what's a the line? Bit. All glory to something, something, that something. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at these under oath lyrics and it's actually cringe just reading it. This was written in... Oh, it's, it's the song's called, if anyone wants to look it up themselves, it's called Burden in Your Hands by Under Oath. Uh, I don't even think it's in, it's an old one. It's a really, really old Under Oath song. That's all I know. And it is, it does not 
dance around its topic at all. It is very it's clearly written by kids in a bedroom who believe in some one thing, and it's it's actually brutal lyrics. I'm not even going to right. Read so them let's loud. take that back to what we were saying earlier about Tillian and Dance Gavin Dance. Like mm-hmm. that is quite clearly a pro life song. It, it puts doubt. Pro, I mean, are we saying pro life? Like that's that's what the fucking Oh my god, it was 2013. I thought it was like a really so old great. song. Oh god, I'm not listening to Underoth anymore. What a fucking shame. There's a dead band. For fuck's sake. So, you know, you can see how that sort of shit puts into doubt when, when you fucking find out that the vocalist of that band's been abusing their, his fucking female fan base for the last like five, six, however many years. It just fucks things up. But to come back to Devil Wears Prada, they're, they were openly a religious band. Certainly around at the time, Dear yeah. Love, Plagues. I'm now pretty sure they're, they don't really claim to be that anymore because originally all members of the band were religious and they were all to that theme. They're now members have left. So there's been transitions. They're now not. Now not all members of the band are religious, and as such, they don't even want to play their earlier stuff. They've, I'm sure they've came out and said, like we're just that was a different band. We're just we're just dissing ourselves a little bit from, from that stuff, so I don't know. To sort of come full circle on it or, or whatever, I suppose I heard Dead Throne. I mean, fucking Tim Lambrini, he was you know as I lay dying were were another religious band as well. So th- there's the connection. I wouldn't necessarily avoid a band because they were an outwardly religious band if the music was good the music was good at the end of the day if it's not like saying you have to believe in a god you have to believe in this you have to believe in that but it was it just always sort of tainted things a bit for me because i was a bit like look at the end of the day your message is pro this and i am generally not pro that so like yeah cool man nice riff but like gonna no like shove your religion down my throat via this cool song yeah, I think a band. I think it's important that a band shares similar similar viewpoints in your life in order to for you to get them. I don't feel that now. Devil Wears Prada. I maybe haven't listened to the lyrics closely enough, but I don't feel that it's as overtly Christian as the aforementioned Under Oath. Mm was and it's much more manageable in that sense it's something that i can can say it doesn't overpower the music yeah. whereas i think or oh sleeper which was which is what it came in i think they they may have a similar sort of vein to under oath sometimes especially on albums like sun of the morning like yeah some bit. of the stuff was just like slaps in the face and you're a bit like oh for fuck's sake but I don't know. I, yeah, the the Devil Wears Prada have had that longevity for me. Whether it's they distance themselves from the religious message or not, I don't know. But or they just make really good riffs. I don't know. Tons of riffage. Tons of riffage. Oh, helps it go get, down. Helps the Christianity get, go down. You get your daily riffage out of this. I don't want the Christianity to go down. That's Christianity's problem. It goes down. Goes down in way too many things. Bloody wink, wink. <laughs> But yeah, new album comes out on the fifteenth of September of this year, twenty twenty two. Can't wait! All the all the new songs have been fire. Like 
you know, it was like waiting for the new Every Time I Die album. You know, every song they released was just better and better and better. So, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to it. Fuck, it's been a, a, a turbulent episode. We've, we've covered some shit. Gone through some, some deep, deep topics, haven't we? Yeah, hopefully the listeners didn't zone out. You know, we've been a bit hard. We've been a bit hard on our American listeners recently with the old, uh, you know, stop shooting up schools and repealing fucking... Stop making dumb decisions. The thing you actually... Just, just to really hammer the nail home. You know, when you were like, they've repealed abortion. What else are they going to repeal? I absolutely am in fear for, for gay marriage. I, I genuinely... You know, we haven't even talked about this. I, I, I genuinely had the thought as well that that could be next. And I'm like, we're just we're just going backwards. Oh, we're they just, they are anyway. We're just going backwards. I hope that, I hope we don't. I hope that they are. The UK is going backwards as well. Just not as fucking obvious, you know. Well, I refer to Brexit now that we're in a situation where we're fucking in a market back to where it was when the it was the fifties. Yeah. Like, so America yeah. are going back to the fifties on an ethical 1850s. level. 1850s. On the 1950s. 1950s. <laughs> They're going back to the 1850s. We're going back to the 1950s. Is that where we're, we're leaving that? And still the British Empire was a fucking burning rubble of shit in the 1950s. So what the fuck are they going back to? A bunch of boomers. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Let's, let's go into... Well, I think I've said everything that needs to be said about Devil Wears Prada. We Deal barely of a talked Discord. about the album. We barely talked about <laughs> we did. the album. Deal of a Beautiful Discord. It existed, it was fine for the time, it has not aged well. Go listen to the latest stuff. Their latest stuff is way better. Way, way better. Even, <laughs> even from Plagues. Even from yeah. Plagues, it's, it's, it's a vast improvement. And for me, it only goes up. Yeah, around about 818, there's a bit of a diff, dip. Transit Blues is a shift. But, I don't know, it's, I've... I, I, I take it back to the the conversation we had during Incubus, you know, bands are allowed to change, they're allowed to grow, they're allowed to, you know, write the music they want to write, even if it's not the exact same thing they wrote fucking 15 years ago. So game on, guys, game on. Devil Wears Prada, winning. Cool. So our one and only segment, what are we listening to? What are you listening to? Keith, what else have you been listening to this week? Uh, yeah, because we don't talk about this band enough, <laughs> I've been listening to Spirit Box because they dropped an EP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they dropped did. a cheeky little number, didn't they? A little three-track Bad Boy Rotoscope. Right, Rotoscope, uh, I have been dumbfounded by two of these songs. Track one, Rotoscope. Track two, Sew Me Up. Rotoscope, track one, sounds like it's Nine Inch Nails. Sew Me Up, sounds like it's Corn. Yep, keep going. I've not really got Hysteria yet. I almost thought it was going to be a Muse cover, but it's not. I've not got Hysteria sounds like. But Rotoscope is so Nine Inch Nails it hurts. And sew me up. I fucking swear it's a corn riff. I swear they've ripped off corn. So you mentioned corn. Now I've been sort of... What's what's the word? In In a degrading way, I've been referring to this new wave of of gent I, I refer to it as generic okay i quite i'm proud of that one anyway but generic it, yeah, 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 yeah but also it could it could be called i mean you, you, we had new metal in the early 2000s we're in 2020 and now we've got new metal core 
Yeah, no, we do. And that, to me, is is the direction we're going in. More bands are they're hitting that genty beat. They're hitting that really bounce groove with the synths. And I, I think we're, that's the direction that metal is heading in. We're going into a, a second wave of new metal, but it's with these metalcore bands. You take bands, uh, Vexed, who I saw in uh, Supporting in Flames. You look at your Alpha Wolf, maybe Periphery, sort of. They kind of, they're responsible. They're not in there, but they're responsible. Yeah, but they're responsible for gent in the same way that the Devil Wears Prada were responsible for haircut core. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, there's 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 a sound that's that's getting used quite a lot. Era, there's another one of those bands. Oh god, yeah. Uh, North Lane, later North Lane, that sort of stuff. Anyway, that's that's a. A genre, it's becoming a genre on its own. They're, they're separating themselves out, and I can see the the ice plate cracking and them moving away gradually from that metalcore sound into something new and something that they're trying to make their own, which is absolutely cool. It might not, I might not be on that iceberg. Like I enjoy Rotoscope, and I've talked at length about how much I enjoy Spirit Box. But you're right, there was... I, I took a step back from, from, from these songs and I was a bit like, huh, alrighty then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's they've still got, like, Rotoscope gets there, it has the scream at the end, it gets heavy, but it is it's very sampled, it's very electronic to begin with. I was a bit like, oh, this is weird. And honestly, if Korn are not just being like, you know, the, 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 the gif of the guy sort of just double-taking, just blinking and double-taking... And just being like, oh, did, did we not write that in like 2003? No, I'm imagining the, the the meme of the guy like, am I a joke to you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like, or just fucking Jonathan Davis just being the guy that cries. Like, well, the guy that cries, how specific he, th- I'm just not going to do the, cr- you know, like, like, you know, like the, 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 the like, the, it's like a Jerry, Jerry Spring, Spring, what was it? What was his oh, name? Oh, the again? guy who can't cry even. The dude that just like, belts out this massive like there you go I did it at the end but yeah I'm just that's all I've really had time to get into because I've pretty much listened to Dear Love Dead Throne with Roots Plagues yeah. <laughs> just... Space Zombie I've listened to just about everything the devil was proud of I've I'm got. just looking at my scrubbles today. even today alone I've listened to a lot of Devil Wears Prada so yeah I listened to many of the bands that we've discussed today so Oh Sleeper was one I went through a few of their songs um, outside of the, the new Spirit Box stuff which I've, we've, we've covered I listened to a band called Bad Omens mm-hmm. very much in that vein as well uh, you may enjoy them actually I would probably recommend them to you Keith I think you'd you may like them Bad Omens. Bad Omens. Uh, they have a new-ish album out. All the all the tracks are in block capitals, so you know it's heavy. Already then. And uh, the death. It came out in February. Uh, the death of peace of mind. But they're in that sort of wage war, motionless and white, ice nine kills metal core, which is probably taking the mantle from Devil Wears Prada and taking it into that into their next level. So I would I would certainly recommend it, especially for Devil Wears Prada fans. I think you you would 
absolutely enjoy them and that's about it really I've... oh i did listen to run the jewels uh, rj rj4 what did, what did you reckon i liked it especially the track that has zach del rocher and pharrell williams on i think that was that was me. a good track i don't like pharrell williams but I, yeah i don't know if i just fanboyed a little bit too hard once that came in but i was just like yeah plus what is the what's the hook what's the the verse is it what um what is it with slave with all these slave owners on the dollar bills or something yeah like that? that's it yeah. i thought it was a fucking great line so yeah. yeah looking forward to seeing that live definitely and also to hear that my Rage Against the Machine ticket has been, money has been paid to some charity uh, to do yeah. with uh, women's yeah. reproductive rights. Love it. Good on you, Rage. Yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. That's uh, that's all I listen to. Been watching a lot of Attack on Titan. I'm on to Series 2 now, for yeah, those who brother. are keeping tabs. Yes! How are you watching the, the the dub or the sub? I'm watching the dub. I can't be bothered reading. No, I'm with you. I watch the dub as well. How fucking annoying is Aaron Yeager? Mm. He's by the end of season one, man. I was like tearing my ears off. Like that that actor, that voice actor must his his pipes must be wrecked. But I still love it at the end of the day. I still absolutely love it. But yeah, yeah. There's there's moments with it. Mikasa's the one though. She's my girl. That's that. That's she's, she's the she's the best. She is the best character. She should oh. be the lead. No. Okay, I think she, she, she's a logical yin and yang to. Aaron. Yeah, and you but. see that. I mean, she she defends Aaron and and she she keeps him keeps him right. But I, I I love I love that. I'm really enjoying the the story and. I, I look forward to, to another two and a half seasons as I've got to go along. I think I'm about halfway through series two, I think. I need to watch season four, the last season, but yeah, fuck me, man. Great show. Cool. So, is that is that everything for today? It is, I think. Uh, you need to tell me what you want me to listen to next week, Keith. And our listeners, right. of course. <laughs> next week. Ha, ha, ha. Bit of, bit of an in-joke between me and Lev there. <laughs> we're we, not going to explain. We've got, we've, we're, we, we've got a few few episodes in the can here, and well, courtesy of Slipknot being a two parter, we've managed to bank ourselves like a couple of weeks. So maybe we're going to have a week off. You might. This is the thing. People might are going to listen to this. Like the decision. The, the, so the supreme the Supreme Court repeal was four days ago. Oh yeah, people are going to be listening to this in like what three weeks? Middle of July. They're going to be hearing this. Like mm, these guys are better touch. Things yeah. may have changed. <laughs> Things may go, not. Guys. We do. We do obviously record a few and um, uh, a few weeks in advance. And given that Slipknot was a double two-parter, we we did ourselves a favor and got a little bit too ahead of ourselves. Anyway, right. Enough of the <laughs> peek behind the curtain. Do you know what I mean? I am almost. Well, we'll see. Okay, we'll not go that far. Come clarity in flames. Cool. You know, fond memories. Apparently, I am. Um, I just love In Flames cover bands, so I might as well listen to In Flames. So, eh? ne- so next week we're doing Raunchy, are we? I mean, In Flames, yeah? Next week we're going to do Come Clarity, because, again, similarly to a few bands that we've mentioned today, Devil Wears Prada, I was about to say Archer, Architects, I came on to In Flames with Come Clarity. 
Cool. Not That'd Clean be Man or whatever the fuck else came before it. Come Clarity. So let's do that. I'm down for that. Good. Or I might just make you listen to another raunchy album. I mean, you've heard one, you've heard them all, surely. You son of a bitch. <laughs> well, take us home. Oh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We have been alive or just blethering. Please do reach out to us on our socials at EOGB Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Send us an email, eogb.podcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. What did you think? Do you have any fond memories of Devil Wears Prada? What's your thoughts? Let us know. We'd love to hear. So, next week on Alive or Just Blethering, Keith is going to be talking about Come Clarity by In Flames. And I look forward to it. Great. Great. Good night. Good night.